captain of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him, saying unto him, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up before or are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. And he lodged or he lodged, lodgeth with Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside, he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. When the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departing, he called two of his household servants and, devout sol- and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. When he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. And on the morrow, as they went on their journey, and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. There came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. The voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice. The vessel was received up again into heaven. Now while Peter doubted in himself that or what this vision which had been seen should mean. Behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry of Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which is surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. And then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him Cornelius, or from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom you seek. What is the cause wherefore you are come? They said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man and one that feareth God and of a good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Then called he them in and lodged them And on the morrow Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea, Cornelius waited for them, and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, He went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come unto one of another, 
of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, as soon as I, as, as I was sent for, I asked therefore, for what intent ye have sent for me? Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. He said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance in sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon, the tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. Immediately therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore are uh, we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism of John preached, or which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day showed him openly not to all people but to witnesses chosen before God even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that is he, that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead to him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever <laughs> Believeth in him shall receive remissions of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, and many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any forbid water? that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, then prayed they him to tarry certain days. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for your patience and your presence in the house of the Lord. Many of us know, most of us, probably all of us know that in the days... Uh, that we've been in these last several weeks, our news, Facebook timelines, and all of this has been uh, riddled with one important, I do believe important, but by one uh, main theme. That theme has been surrounded by uh, political propaganda. It has been addressed by so-called the religious leaders of our day 
has been addressed by both governors and mayors and by presidents. You may differ in a lot of the opinions that have been given and you and I may not agree with all of the ways that this particular theme has been taken care of over the last week or two. That what we have experienced is the theme of racism. It is a controversial thing to talk about. Especially in the church. It's something that nobody wants to deal with. We hear on the TV time and time again, day in and day out, week in and week out, people crying for equality, wanting to be equal. They're wanting someone to stand for them and give them equal rights that anybody else deserves or that has. We know as Americans that we have a constitution that says that we are endowed by our Creator, by God, with certain inalienable rights. And that is that we have the right to life, liberty, and the, the pursuit of happiness. No matter what our color is, no matter what our culture is, in America we have those liberties and those rights afforded to us. Now the problem is over the last few weeks is that as I've surveyed and thought about and prayed about and watched the news and watched the protests and watched the riots and all of these things, the problem is is that most people are treating this like it is something new that has only been around for the last few hundred years. But as I read my Bible, I find that racism, prejudices, and bigotry has been around for as long as the world's been around. Ever since the fall in the garden, from the Old Testament to the New, you find that racism and prejudice and bigotry is not something new. It's something that's been going on for a long time, for thousands and thousands of years. As we come to chapter number 10, we find that uh, bigotry was alive and well even in the early church. It was something that these new believers who had been brought up as Jewish men and women, it was something that they were going to have to deal with in their life. And I got news for you. As a church, we cannot run and hide in a closet or stick our head in the sand when it comes to the area of bigotry and racism and being prejudiced about another race. Now I know that we are good southern boys and girls. But I want to tell you, even in the south, there is no room. In the north, the east, the west, there is no room, nor is it Christian to be racist, prejudiced, or bigoted against any other person of creed or culture. No matter what their color is, no matter what their nationality is, where they came from, how they were brought up, it is not right whether they're Christian or Muslim, whether they're Buddhist or whatever else, African or Caucasian or Italian or Spanish, it does not matter. It is not right, nor is it biblical, nor is it Christian for you to be a racist. Now, I didn't wake up this week and say, you know what, I think I'll preach on racism this week. Because it's in the news. We're just going verse by verse in the book of Acts. 
But do you think it's a coincidence that God would have us on this Sunday, after everything that's taken place this past week, God would have us in Acts chapter number 10 to tell us how, here's the title of my message, how God changed a prejudiced heart and saved a religious sinner. You know what chapter 10 is talking about? It is talking about what Paul says, breaking down the middle wall of partition that was between us. It is God breaking down those uh, stereotypes and those racial divides of, of the Jews and the Gentiles and Gentiles and Jews breaking all of that down and for once and for all declaring to not only the Jew but to the whole world that when God said all, He meant all. And when God said whosoever, He meant whosoever. And thank God I'm glad uh, that we serve a God that read yellow, black, or white. They are precious in His sight. And if they're precious to Him, they ought to be precious to us. Our text declares to us that God doesn't see men as you and I see them as color. He sees them as we ought to see them and that, as, that is as souls in need of salvation. Every Every looter that broke into every store that robbed the targets and the Walmarts and all blind friend, they are people with souls that need salvation. The man who died two weeks ago under the knee of an officer, listen to me, George Floyd is as equal as the man who killed him in need of salvation. Are you listening to me? This ought not be a controversial thing. We are all equal. Not just by our constitution. We are equal by that old rugged cross that stands on a hill 2,000 years ago. Listen to me very well. You want to find equality? Let me show you where we're equal. We are all equally sinful. We are all equally depraved. We are all equally without God. We are all equally black and dark and sinful and unworthy and unholy. We are all equally sinful. It's good news, ain't it? <laughs> we are all equally sinful. We are all equally in need of salvation. There's not a one of you here today. I don't care where you come from, how much money you got, or how much money you don't have. We are all equal uh, when it comes to the need of salvation. Friend, there is a hope for our world. There is a hope for all of this. And it's not race, but it's grace. And it's not culture, but it's the cross. And it's Christ. Amen. We're in need of salvation equally. And let me tell you a third reason or a third way we're all equal. We're all equally sinful. We're all equal in need of salvation. But we're all equal when it comes to the love of God. He loves us all. Hallelujah. Now we shout about that in our white suburban community and now where most of our church folk look just alike. But I want to tell you, friend, uh, God is the God of the white man uh, and he's the God of the black man uh, and he's the savior of the brown man uh, and the yellow man uh, and the red man. Friend, listen, uh, we have a God that loves every one of us. 
And it's a crying shame and a sinful thing for anybody. I don't care how you were brought up. I don't care how you were born. I don't care what you were taught. If you were taught to hate anybody else, anybody of any other color than yours, you, friend, need to get right with God. Amen, preacher. You need to get right with God. Amen. Fly your little rebel flag. That's just a revealing of what it, what you are on the inside. You're a rebel. By the way, that's not a rebel flag. It's a Confederate Army flag. And the friend, the reason you call it a rebel flag and fly it with such pride is because deep down inside, you are a rebel. You're a rebel against God. You're a rebel against the Bible. And you need to get your heart right with God. Amen. Now, if you want to discuss with me what a Confederate flag and what all that was about, we can discuss it after church. And I'm all for our history, and I'm not for tearing it down. Amen. we got to learn for history or we're doomed to repeat it. Are you listening to me? But I want to tell you something. If that makes you somebody that hates somebody else, then, friend, you ought to do everything you can, as Paul said. If it offends my brother, then I'll change my, I'll change my ideas and opinions so it don't offend my brother. Amen. We don't like it. I'm looking at some of you white folks, you crackers, and you're looking at me like I'm going to have a discussion with you after church. That's all right. I got more Bible to back up what I'm saying. You got time to argue with me today. I'm just trying to tell you God loves everybody, and he's trying to teach a bigoted, prejudiced, racist preacher that God loves everybody. Not just you. Not just your home, but he loves that man across the street. Yes, he, he loves those in Birmingham. Yeah. You're right, preacher. And he loves them in Belize. And he loves them in Africa. And he loves them in Mexico. Amen. And he loves them in China. And he loves them in North and South Korea. Amen. There's not anybody Jesus didn't die for. I'm going to say it again. Red, yellow, black and white. They are precious in his side. Amen. Amen. I know it goes against, I know it goes against your white culture. Amen. But friend, it don't go against God's right culture. And friend, it is right to love everybody. No matter where they came from. No matter what they've done. No matter who they are. Who are you? Shame on us to make anybody of any lifestyle or any color think that we hate them and that we don't want them around us. Amen. You can hate sin and still love those people. I like what Mark Lowry said. Mark Lowry, said, I wouldn't get all my theology from him, but a lot of it's comedy. But I like it. He gets some serious things in there from time to time. And he said this. He said, you've heard love the sin or hate the sin and love the sinner. He said, but the problem is I got so much sin of my own, I ain't got time to hate your sin. He said, I got a full-time job hating my own. He says, so won't you hate your sin? I'll hate my sin, and we'll love one another and make it to heaven some sweet day. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You've heard it, and it's not original with me, and it's kind of been cliche. And y'all do me a favor. I, my my Facebook timeline is full of the same meme over and over and over again. I just just scroll and keep scrolling, and somebody get a hold of a meme and share it, 
Or then they'll, or, or, or they, I like this one. They won't share the meme, but then they'll type it out like they're the ones who came up with it. <laughs> but I've seen this one going around. And I already used part of it, but it said, the little meme says this. It said, the problem is not skin, but it's sin. Are you listening? Amen. The problem's not a civil thing. The problem is a sinful thing. God, now my introduction is longer than my sermon, so y'all hang with me, okay? God is going to teach this preacher what John's going to see in the book of Revelation. I like this. Y'all hang on to your seat. Now I'm talking about the raptured saints and the angels around the throne of God. Here's what John said. John said, and they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Watch this. Out of every kindred, every tongue, every people, and every nation. And you've made us priests unto God and kings and we, somebody holler we all those kindreds, tongues and nations, we all are going to reign with him together you better get used to loving your black brother in Christ and your brown brother in Christ and your yellow brother in Christ you better get used to loving them down here because you're going to spend eternity with them over there I'm going to say this I'm going to give you my points and I'm going to be done I got to get it off my chest this morning I want to say this if you find yourself not being able to love them you may not be there to reign with them now we are we either going to hold true to the whole counsel of this Bible or we're not and from cover to cover our God's plan has always been to save and to love and to have a relationship with all men you say, but wait a minute, preacher. The Jews are God's chosen people. The nation of Israel is God's chosen. And I would not doubt that. I would not disagree with that. I, I would not disagree that God uh, ha has had his hand on that nation. But you hear me, and I've said this before, and I want to say it again. The Jews as a nation were not to take the law of God, Zane, and make it a religion. That was the problem. The world was full in every nation among every kindred tongue and people. It was full of religion. Matter of fact, the father of the faith came out of religion. Abraham, Abram came out of the earth of the Chaldees. He was drawn out, that son of Sham. He was drawn out of the earth of the Chaldees. And you know what he was doing down there? Helping his daddy build idols to false gods. He was full of religion. But when God gave the Jews that law and gave them that land and gave them their Lord, they were not to make it a religion. It was supposed to be a revelation. You see, there were three boys on that ark. Three, count them. Three, other than Noah. He had three sons. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. 
They all settled in different places. Shem is that, is that father of that Jewish line. Japheth is that father of that European line. And you got Ham, that father of that uh, more of the Asian, the African line. And friend, listen to me. God's plan was not to just draw out one little tribe and bring them to himself and bestow love upon them alone. But he wanted them to be a revelation to the other brothers that God loved them and wanted a relationship with them as well. So Acts, I told you my introduction along with my message, here's my sermon. How God changed a bigoted heart and saved a religious sinner. Friend, the commission says this. It says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every, say it again, nation. Go to all the world. Preach the gospel to every nation. Acts 1, was it verse number 8? Jesus said, you receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be witnesses unto me and to the uttermost part of the world. And to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. God's plan now is the same as it was then. And is that it is that every man, every woman, every race, every culture, every color ought to hear the gospel. Ought to hear the gospel. Not just our community. Now I've heard preachers say this and I used to say it myself until I really read the book of Acts chapter number 1. I studied it really good and I, and I found a little word in there that changed my belief. I used to believe this and say that. I've heard other preachers say it. Well the Bible says that we're to start at Jerusalem first. Once we get Jerusalem handled then we can go to Judea. Once that's took care of then we go to Samaria and then we go to the other mode. But there's got to be an order and there's got to be a, 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 a priority list and we get Jerusalem first, Judea, Samaria and then the uttermost part of the world. And I'd believe that except for one little word in there. It said this, You shall be witnesses unto me both. Both. Which means God's plan for missions and God's plan for evangelism and God's plan for the gospel is to both do it at Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. That's God's heartbeat. He loves sinners and we ought to love sinners too. So how does God do that? Can I give you three points right quick? I've never been able to get three points right quick. But y'all really hoping I do this morning. And I'm kind of hoping I can too because some of y'all staring at me like I'm going to need a bodyguard to get out of it. Wooly, you got me? You got me? All right. I'm going to use him to help me plow my way through <laughs> out of this building today. And I'm saying that in joke. I, and I, I, know, I know how hard he is. I know the love of this church. But listen to me. There are three truths, three distinct ways that God gets Simon Peter a bigoted preacher. And listen, understandably so, because of the way he was brought up and the laws that he followed. But God takes all of that bigotry out of his heart and all that prejudice out of his heart and leads him to a Gentile. And you better be glad he did. I said, you better be glad he did. Let me show you, number one, God's preparing work when it comes to the gospel ministry. When it comes to God loving all men, God has a preparing work. Everything big that God's ever done, He doesn't do it without some preparation. 
He doesn't just send Jesus from heaven to earth. He prepares a womb. Amen. He prepares a woman. And then he prepares an earthly dad uh, uh, to be ready to raise his boy on this earth. God does everything big. He starts off with preparation. How does he do it? First of all, he prepares the sinner. Your text, your Bible, and my Bible reads this way. It says that Cornelius, a certain man named Cornelius, who was an Italian. I wish Grayson was here. Y'all pray for him. He was sick. I always like picking on him because he's Italian. That's why we don't let him take up offering very often. Amen. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Brother Mike's looking at me. He ain't Italian, though. He's Sicilian. Amen. We don't let him take up offering either. Amen. They may still have a little bit of that mafia blood in them. I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry, that was very stereotypical, wasn't it? That was racist. <laughs> what are you preaching on, preacher? <laughs> Courtney. So y'all need to laugh. Y'all need to kind of relax. That's why I did all that, and I just used them, and they're okay okay with that I think Willie you got me you got me right? <laughs> okay <laughs> the Bible says that Cornelius was a centurion that means he was over at least a hundred soldiers in the Roman court but then it goes a little further and it tells us something else about him he's not only a Roman uh, by, by citizenship but he is an Italian he, the Bible said he is of the Italian band but then the Bible goes a little further that tells us about our rank, his rank and talks about his responsibility in other words we go on verse number 22 it talks about him having a good reputation he is a good man I need y'all listen he goes further and he says that he feared God he's a devout man that means he's religious he feared God that means write this down this is a good three point outline here he was a praising man he was a praising man I'm fixing to blow your mind in my, my, my last statement. Y'all listen up. He was not only a praising man, but I said he gave much alms. He was a paying man. He was generous. Man, he was willing to give. And then the Bible said this, not only was he a praising man, he was a paying man, but then it said that he prayed to God always. That means in every situation, circumstance, he was a praying man. But look up here and listen to me. He was a lost man. He was a lost man. He had been given enough light to know that there was a God and I believe he, he believed in the true, one true God of the Israelites. I believe that he knew who God was and, and then the Bible said he praised him and he paid alms and he prayed to him but he did not have a full saving relationship with him. Amen. But God, <laughs> amen, because he wants to save this man. And I want to go a little further and say this. He don't want to save him because he's praising, paying, and praying. God wants to save him because he loves him. Somebody give me a witness. This is a perfect example on how you can be as good as you want to be. You can pay your tithe. You can praise God in the song. You can even be a prayer to God. But friend, if you don't know Jesus in the free pardon of sin, if you've never been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, it don't matter how good you are, you're still lost and you're in need of a Savior. Amen. He's a good man, but he's a lost man. And we see how God prepared the heart of a sinner. Boy, ain't God good at doing it. 
Some of y'all remember the day or the night before you got saved. I remember how God had worked on my heart. And man, I'd try to change things. I wasn't that bad. I was only 11 years old. But I had a little things here and there that were just the fruit of the root of sin in my life. And man, I wanted to change this and change that. You remember all of that. What was God doing? He was taking the Word of God. He was taking who He was. And He was giving you some light to see yourself. And for that's why you said, I'll put this off and I'll put that off and I'll try to do better but friend all that doing better all that is is God preparing your heart for what he wants to do in your heart so God prepared the sinner but then thank God God prepared the servant oh Peter is up there on the roof and he's hungry because he's a Baptist amen (laughs) Baptist preachers are always hungry I'm hungry right now amen I wish we was on the last point because by the time I get there, I'm a little hangry. Amen. <laughs> Peter's on top of the roof and they're preparing food for him. They're getting a meal ready. Now, that's significant because of what God's going to do. All of a sudden, he goes into a trance. I think he passed out from near starvation, to be honest with you. And he falls in this trance. And the Bible said the heavens open and a sheet gets let down. It's knit at four corners. And God lays it down and opens it up. And all of a sudden there's all manner of food. All manner of animals. The Bible said there's all manner of beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air. There's all kinds of, of animals there. And God says, rise, Peter. Kill and eat. I love that verse. <laughs> Amen. If there was ever a verse that was in favor of butchering cows and killing Bambi so we didn't have food on the table, honey, there it is right there. Amen. If I ever had a justification for killing an old yard bird and frying him up in some grease and eating him, there it is. He said, Simon, Peter, kill him and eat him. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. I knew God was a Baptist. I knew it all along. I knew it all along. Peter looked out there and he said, Not so, Lord. Don't you love Peter? Peter was in a habit of putting Jesus, trying to put Jesus in his place while Jesus was on the earth. And old habits are hard to break. <laughs> Jesus, even on the throne, Peter's got that attitude. Lord, I know what you said, but I'm not going to do it. But he had a reason for it. He said, For since I was young till now, nothing common or unclean has touched my lips. What he's referring to is referring to the animals that God said was unclean. Birds that were unclean. Pigs. God bless them. God be why them Muslims are so mad. They never ate no bacon. (laughs) That'll cheer anybody up, praise God. Any food that sounds like applause in the frying pan is good. Amen. Gotta be. Gotta be. That's what it sounds like. Yay, bacon. Amen. Well, I'm glad I'm a Gentile, praise God. Bring on the pork, amen. And there's pigs in that sheet. God said, Peter, rise and eat. Kill it and eat it. Peter said, not so, Lord. Y'all pray for Peter. He's got some ways to go. He's got... But I want to tell you that God had a purpose in what he was doing. Peter, by the law, had never, had never, and he shows this later on in his ministry, when Paul has to rebuke him because as long as the Jews wasn't around, I see you, little partner. I see you back there. She's laughing at Brother Clint. He's because he's silly. He's silly. I get silly when I get hungry. 
Paul tells Peter, says, yeah, as long as them Jews ain't around, you don't have a problem hanging out with Gentiles. As soon as your Jewish brothers come around, you separate from the table. Peter had some work to do. I'm looking at some folks. I bet you got some work to do, too. There's some folk God sent you to, told you to talk to you. Say, I don't know, God. I ain't never been, you know, never wanted to talk to somebody like that. Shame on you. Shame on Peter for thinking that way. God said, don't call what I've cleansed common. Don't call what I've called uncommon uncleansed. You see, God wasn't interested in pigs. He was interested in people. You remember when Jesus went to Decapolis and he cast the, the, the demons out of that demonic man into the swine and the pigs ran off out the edge of the cliff and they drowned themselves, committed suicide in the lake, and everybody from that city came. Some of y'all get that. Somebody explain that to a blind. Those people that city, they came, and you know what the Bible said? Don't say they started a great revival. It said they asked Jesus to leave. They didn't want him around there. You know why? They were more concentrated on the pigs in the pocketbook than they were on that person that had a real need in their heart. Amen. Peter, eat. He said, no, Lord. But God was trying to do something in his heart. He was trying to change a prejudice that Peter probably didn't even know was there. We know this because when Peter stands to preach, he makes this statement. He said, I perceive. In other words, I know now what I didn't know then, and that is this. God is no respecter of person. Hallelujah. It don't matter who you are or where you came from or what your last name or first name is. It doesn't matter. God loves you like he loved anybody else. And when he sent his son, he sent his son for the whole world that whosoever... Amen. Glory. I got to hurry. If I'm going to keep my promise not to preach long on these three points, I got to hurry. God's preparing work. He prepares the heart of the sinner. And I want to tell you something. When you go out to witness, you better be following the Holy Ghost of God. He'll lead you to the people that you need to talk to. Enough of this worrying about your life. Well, I'm afraid to go out and knock on doors. I'm afraid to talk to somebody on the street. I'm afraid to go under the bridge. What if they kill me? Who's in charge of life and death? God is. Amen. Amen. And if God said go talk to that person, you better get up and go talk to them. I don't care who they are. Amen. Amen. And if they take your life, that's just a shortcut to glory. The world you worried about. You sing about it some glad morning. When this life is over, I'll fly away. No, I don't know. I'm not real sure if I'm ready to go yet. Huh? Am I right? God, you can rest assured if God said go talk Brother King, you know it. He goes out there and talks to those people uh, under the bridges, those homeless folks, uh, uh, those people that most of the churches have turned away and said we don't want them. Hakeem and uh, Brother Lucian said all right, if the church don't want them here, we'll just take the church to them and they go and talk to them and they take the gospel to them. And you can rest assured if God says that's the person right there. Go talk to them. If God is prepared on your end, amen, you can rest assured God's prepared on that other end too. He owns both sides 
of the net. <laughs> he owns the side you're holding, and he owns the side that's in the water. He owns both sides, friends. God's preparing work. Number two, God's providential work. Peter's up there in a trance. He's seeing all of this. He's arguing with God. The Bible said it three times. Three times. If I didn't know Peter was a Baptist from the hunger and all of that and eating and wanting the food and all that stuff, I know definitely he's a Baptist by the fact God had to tell him three times before he just finally gave in. Amen. The only Baptist preachers hungry all the time, but they're hard-headed too. Amen. They're hard-headed. I'm telling you. I'm just being honest. Speaking for myself. It's hard to budge them. I mean, our, our, our song is, By the rivers of water we shall not be moved. Amen. I mean, listen, we, we were not always right, but we're never in doubt. <laughs> I got a shirt that said, I may not be right, but I'm never wrong. And my daughter bought that for me, and I think she's trying to tell me something. I'm not really sure, but I think I got it. Peter had to be told three times. And after he got the message, God took that sheet up into heaven. And Peter wakes up. You're talking about providence. That, that just simply means God's working in supernatural ways to accomplish his own purpose. That's what that big word providence means. God's guidance and God's leadership. Peter wakes up. You're talking about his providence. You see it in God's timing. His timing's perfect. As soon as Peter wakes up, there's a knock at the gate. Because God been working on one end. God been working on the other end. And Cornelius said... God told me to go send for a man by the name of Simon Peter. How are we going to know where he's at? Well, he's over there in Joppa at the house of Simon the Tanner. And I imagine since it's so such a commonly known name, Simon, not just any Simon, Simon the Tanner, anybody can tell you how to get there. And they come at the very time that Peter's waking up from that dream. God said, go to the gate and meet those men. He said, I've sent them to you. Go with them talking about probably God's timing. Right. Amen. God's timing is perfect, friend. Can I tell you that God didn't save you a day late? And God didn't save you a day early. God's providence had you saved the moment you were saved. That's the work of God. Amen. You didn't wind up at church that day and it surprised God that you were going to be there God planned for you to be there listen to me if you're here lost if you're listening lost today it ain't by accident that you're in this place today on this day just like it's no accident I'm preaching what I'm preaching on this day amen it's providential timing of God amen hallelujah I'm glad God's a God of perfect timing but then God's a God of Peter's testing not only has Peter got to get up and go with these guys, but he's got to be willing to go into a house that he feels by law. If he goes in there and make him ceremonially unclean, then he won't be invited to the party down at the Jews' church, the first Jewish church of Jerusalem. He won't be invited because know why? Ceremonially, now he feels he's unclean. But you know what the Bible said when he got there? Cornelius was waiting on him. And when Cornelius got there, he said, Hey, why'd you call me? Why'd you ask for me? Cornelius tells him the story. And Peter began to put two and two together. And the Bible said, While they talked, he went in with them. You've got to be willing to do what God tells you to do. Are you listening to me this morning? We've got to be willing as a church 
to go. Man, I'm so far off my outline. I got to turn three or four pages to get right where I'm at. There we are. This test. We got to be willing to go where God tells us to go. And do what God tells us to do. It may not look like it's always looked. I understand. I understand that there's a difference in peaceful protesting and these that are rioting and looting and all of that. But I want to tell you, when God looks down on that, you know what He sees? He sees a soul in need of salvation. And because of other things that's going on called Corona, and I didn't want to bring that up, it's pushed us all in our homes and in our little churches, and we're afraid to go shake hands with anybody. We're afraid to talk to anybody because we might catch something that they have. I'm glad Jesus didn't feel that way about the leper. Now, I ain't telling you go out there and be reckless or anything. Listen to me. But I'm glad Jesus didn't feel that way. You know what it is about the church? The church during this time, friend, it's time. Listen, if there's anybody that's proven, we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks if all this stuff we've been doing was even worthwhile when all these people are gathering together and breathing on one another and beating on one another and all of these things. Friend, if they don't come up with some kind of virus in two weeks, we're going to know we've been had. Amen. Sorry, I didn't mean to get my political views out there just then, but that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The church better come out hiding. Yeah. You know why the right. why the world's in the shape she's in and why people are doing that that they're doing? You say, preacher, because they're corrupt. Yeah. yeah, and they're continuing to be corrupt while the church hides under the steeple of their church buildings. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Brag about how beautiful their buildings are. Yeah, they're really great, aren't they? Most of them are half empty. Look up here, listen to me. They're empty. I believe everything that we've worshipped and said we can't do without, God said, we'll see. We'll see if you can do without it. Amen. I'll stick you at home for six weeks and won't let you go. Amen. Well, I tell you what, I just love our church building. Yeah, and we worship the building. And ain't nothing wrong with being honoring this place. I believe this is God's house. I believe it is. Now, he don't stay here when we leave. We turn the air conditioning off. It's going to get up to 80 degrees in here. God ain't sticking around in here. He's going home with me. Amen. He's going home with you. Amen. Well, we believe we ought to honor this building. But there's got to be an important time, church, when we get out of this building and go off, go out to a people that are going to hell and say no matter who you are, where you are, what you are, God loves you, and I'm here to tell you that. What's Peter do? He opens his mouth, Brother Keem, and he starts to preach. He said, I perceive God's no respecter of person. God's taught me not to call you common or unclean. God loves you just like he loved me. And he begins to preach the gospel. Yeah. We see the last thing, and that is God's proof in his work. God proves by two ways. Number one, he proves by the scripture, the power of the scripture. Peter just preaches. You said, preacher, uh, what do I say? What do I say to the person? That, now listen, I, I, I won't say this, and I'm not, again, trying to be ultra-controversial or anything. It's just true something that happened. Because it's on both sides. And I, I know I can get in big trouble for saying that, but I'm just going to go on and say it. We don't have, white people don't have the monopoly on racism and bigotry and prejudice. 
we used to have a nursing home ministry in Midfield. They had a nursing home there. It's closed now, but we used to go down there and preach. And literally, we had family members take residents out of those services, and they made this statement, you are no longer to go to that service because they're preaching a white man's gospel. And the thing that really stirred one guy up so bad is because a black preacher that was in our group preached against Jesse Jackson. And that guy loved Jesse Jackson. And then it was revolving around lottery and all of this stuff and some comments that Jesse Jackson had made. And he told his mama, said, you're never to go in that again. That's a white man's gospel. Well, I, I, I want to just be honest with you. I'm glad it is for the white man. But where he's wrong is it's not a white man's gospel. It's a whosoever will gospel. Amen. So God's got to make some proofs. And how does he prove it? First, he does it through the power of Scripture. How are we going to make a difference in people's heart and lives, no matter their color, creed, culture, where they come from? How are we going to make we'll make a difference through the Scripture? Make a difference through the Bible. Don't go in there trying to prove your historical facts. Well, bless God, back in the Civil War, it didn't have to do with slavery. It was about taxism, and it was about states' rights. And they Listen, you may win the argument, but you're going to lose their soul. As Christians, we need to get away from that. Stray away from that. Now be proud of your heritage. Be proud of your history. Be proud of who you are. Yeah. I ain't against that. Yeah. Unless that pride leads you to hate people. But I want to tell you where we will find common ground is in the Scripture. Right. Peter didn't get up there and he, he, he did say, Now y'all know it's unlawful for me to be here according to the Jews. But let me tell you what God's done. He's taught me that he ain't no respecter of persons. He loves you all. Amen. And he preached the gospel to them. That's what they need. They don't need your opinions. Right. They don't need your platitudes. Right. They don't need your shared means that's been shared a thousand times. They need Jesus. Can I get a witness? Amen. He proved it through the power of the Scripture. Number two, he proved it through simply the proof of a sign. Yeah. The Bible said that while Peter preached, the Holy Ghost fell on them. That's right. And they were saved. They were born again. Yeah. Now we're reading chapter number 11. How we know that they were saved is because Peter said, like we, like us, the Jews, they believed. When they heard the gospel, they believed. Yeah. And they were given the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now how did they know that? Well, the Bible says they began to speak with other tongues. Yeah. With other tongues. We've only had that a couple times when the book of Acts come up. It was a sign to the Jews. That's what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians. It was a sign, sign to the Jews that God kicked the door of salvation wide open and said, even if you're a Gentile dog, you can come sit around my table. Amen. Now, this is controversial, and I know that, because I know there are people of other denominations that will watch this and everything, but we don't need such signs today. We have the Holy Ghost living in us, and we have the Holy Scripture that's been completed that teaches us Jesus said whosoever will while Peter's preaching you read it with me while I was reading it earlier Peter preaches while Peter's preaching he I'm going to read this to you Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth I perceive God's no respect for person but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him he said every nation that would trust him fear him have God's righteousness applied to their life. 
He said he's accepted of him. You ever been somewhere you didn't feel accepted? And I've been in places that, man, as soon as I got there, I thought, man, I need to leave. But in the church, Paul says later that you being Gentiles who are afar off have now been made nigh. You've been received. You've been accepted in the brethren, in the beloved. That ought to make a, that ought to make a Presbyterian kick the back end out the choir robe. Some of y'all just staring at me. Amen. If the, if, the, if the Pope really understood that, he'd kick that funny hat off running around the throne he sits on. I mean, two or three times if he really understood that. He has access and accept, he's accepted in the beloved. Amen. Amen. Then he said this, The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, He is Lord of I looked up that little word all. He is Lord of all. And when you look up that word, you cross-reference it. There are other English words that's used for that Greek word or either that Greek root. And if you trace it down, you'll find it all the way in John 3.16. That same root, that same word in the Greek. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, here it is, whosoever. You'll find it also in the book of Romans that, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. Boy, I'm glad he put that in there. Had he put Clint there, if he'd have put Clint there, I'd have thought myself such a vile and wicked sinner that surely he meant somebody else other than this Clint. But because he said whosoever, I know that he even meant me. And he meant you. And he means your neighbor. And he means your co-worker he means the teller at the bank and the cash register working person <laughs> at Walmart he means all all means all and that's all all means it just means all I looked that word all up and I looked up for the definition and the definition of all is this all without exception I looked that up and it said all without exception no matter where they come from that's the gist of the definition in the Greek no matter who they are where they come from what they've done God loves all can I give you another one the Bible said that when Jesus died he died once for all whoop glory that means the Gentile too. You're standing to your feet. During this time, in this day, where it's the propaganda police are out and they're pushing. Listen to me, church. You know what they're wanting? They're wanting division. They're wanting chaos. And who's the Bible say is the prince and the power of chaos? It's the devil. For God is not the author of confusion. Anything related to fear, anything related to hatred, anything related to this racism and bigotry and prejudice. And if you got that built up in your heart, you better give it to God and ask Him to clean you of it. Amen. 
Ask him to clean you of that. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing is going to be. Amen. 180, everybody will be happy over there. Ain't nobody going to be... Ain't nobody going to be over there griping and complaining. I can't believe that. If he knew who they were and where they came. No. That's that elder brother's mentality in Luke 15. If the father only knew what he did with that money, spending it on them harlots and all of that. The Bible don't even say he's spending on harlots. When you act like that, you're just revealing what's on the inside of your own heart. Amen. If we're going to have the heart of God, we better do what that father said and say, come on inside the house. Rejoice with me for my son, which was dead, is alive, which was lost, is found. You ought to be rejoicing. If you're here lost today, you can be saved. Not because you're good, because you're in need of grace, and there's a God that will give you grace. If you're here today and you're saved, and you got some of this stuff built up in you you need to get rid of. You need to give it to God today. You need to give it to Him. Let God cleanse you of it. If you're saved and you're not reaching out to people, sharing the gospel, you're not doing your part. You're not doing your part. And how can we ever see revival in our land unless we turn from that wicked way? How God took a bigoted preacher, changed it, Saved a religious sinner. God would still do that today. Your heads bowed, your eyes closed. If you're lost today, here's what you need to do. You need to say, Lord Jesus, I'm lost. I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. Save me. Cleanse me in your blood. It don't matter where you come from, what you've done, how you've lived. God loves you and we love you. We want to see you in heaven. And all you got to do is call on Him. He'll change your life. Ain't a lot of folks that won't surrender to Him because you're afraid of that. Because He will change you. But oh, friend, it's not a loss. You, you're not going to lose. You're going to gain. That cross is a plus sign. It's not a minus sign. It's a plus sign. It'll add to your life. Not take away. Preacher, I'm lost. Call out to Him today. Say, Lord, save me. Preacher, I'm saved, but I'm be honest with you. I've not been obedient to God's will, taking this gospel to everybody. And if this has not taught me anything, it's taught me this, that there's a world out there that needs the gospel, that the problem with what's going on is not all those out there, but it's us in here that are sitting on our religion shutting up the gospel and not taking it out there where they need it where they need it you'll not find any greater unity than what we find it at the cross let us endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit the bonds of peace and love the preacher that's not what I've been doing and I need to get right well you need to pray right now while we pray ask God to forgive you if you're saved and doing everything you can and there ain't a prejudice bone in your body you're reaching out to everybody you're loving encourage somebody else to do the same 
Do your work. Do it for God. There's a difference in being around sinners and being with sinners. There ain't too many Christians trying to be with them. You've got to be around them to lead them to Christ, but you don't have to do what they do. You need to be different. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you. And Lord, I know, God, that a message like this, sometimes it has a little bit of a pushback. Number one, because none of us want to admit that there might be an area of prejudice in our life, no matter what our color is, no matter how we were raised or where we're from. Nobody wants to admit. I'm sure Simon Peter didn't even realize there was some deep embedded prejudice and bigotry in his heart. But you revealed it to him. You may be revealing that to somebody today. Somebody that maybe won't go take the gospel to somebody that's lost and in need of help. Lord, it might be out of fear might be out of any other thing, God, but would you say whatever's not a faith is sin? And so, Lord, if we really have faith in you, then we can trust you that you're preparing on one end while you're preparing us on this end today. Lord, let that sheet fall from heaven, and may we see every soul that you died for in that great sheet. And, Lord, let us rise and go and win them for Jesus' sake. Win them for the, call, the cause of Christ and for the sake of the gospel. Help us, Lord. God, we want to do our part. We want to hear you say, well done. Lord, for that one that's here that's lost, save them. Lord, before it's everlasting and eternally too late. Lord, we love you and we know you love us. And your love is so, it's, it's so rich and it's so so big Lord that it extends to every person and if you love them if you love everyone help us to love everyone it doesn't mean we have to condone their sin it doesn't mean we have to Lord be uh, accepting of their sin but we can accept that person we can love them and Lord even beyond our words we can let our witness speak and win them to Christ. Lord, thank you for taking a religious sinner like myself and washing them in the blood, saving me by your grace. I love you. I praise you. I thank you for all you've done. We give you thanks. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And amen. We will have service tonight. We will have service here tonight at 6 o'clock. And so we invite everybody to come. If you're not able to be here, uh, then uh, you can watch live on live stream. Uh, but we will have our worship service. Time to get back to doing what we know we need to do. Amen. It's time to go back to church and uh, start learning about the Lord. Okay? So don't forget about that. Six o'clock we'll be here ready for worship. Shake hands with one another and consider yourself dismissed. You look around see somebody you don't know, then they're visitors here.